Hey guys, what's going on? This is Ryan. So, this is definitely not something I wanted to do, but I kind of got nominated to do this. Um, not by people on the show, I just, a lot of people reached out to me or whatever. Um, I feel the same way, but just due to personal reasons, I was just going to let it go and move on <laughs> with my own life. I was basically going to do what, what I'm going to talk about anyway, and I was just going to keep it to myself and do it, but I was... Several people contacted us because we have this platform and uh, basically wanted this. So, and and I definitely don't disagree with it. So, here it goes. Everybody knows what Forge World did with jacking up their prices and whatnot. And there's a lot of people. Obviously, tons of people are unhappy. There's a petition going around that is trying to get them to lower the prices, so definitely look up that petition and sign that. I mean, might as well. It's not going to hurt anything. It probably won't do anything, and even Maca, who started it, doesn't think thinks that it probably won't do anything, but it at least does show solidarity, and, you know, obviously doing nothing will 100% do nothing, so you might as well do that if you're unhappy, and if you want to sign it, definitely sign it. At least it's something. A lot of people are sending emails um, to Forge World, asking them basically what the fuck, um, I still encourage you to do that. Go ahead and send the email. Um, we've seen a lot of the responses. Most of the, res like all the responses I've seen are basically just a form email that they've just copy pasted, sent back out. Um, but at least it shows them once again, that people are sending them emails. So I don't know if anyone will care. It can't hurt. So if you want to send an email, send an email. Um, I think we were, we're, I'm recording this, uh, off the cuff, by the way, and we've already recorded the episode. I just wanted to throw this at the beginning, so a lot of this stuff we're going to go over in the episode anyway. But uh, I just want to reiterate, please don't like harass local staff or store people or managers of GW or whatever. Like, it's not their decision. I mean, you can tell them, hey, I'm unhappy with this, and maybe I'm not buying as much because of this, but don't like you know, get mad at them, harass them, and make their life miserable. It's not really their fault. I definitely want to put that out there. But also, by the same token, all this stuff is nice with the letters and all that, but I don't think it's going to do any good. I think the only thing that they may listen to is a boycott. And when I say that, I mean don't buy anything from them. Um, and... I mean, at a minimum, don't buy Forge World, but I mean, I think really the only way is to not buy anything. Don't buy Black Library, don't buy whatever. Hold off for as long as you can. I think it has to, to send a statement, it has to be a minimum of six months, if not longer. Any shorter than that, they're not going to care. They're a publicly traded company. They look at everything quarterly. They really like to pump up those financial statements and brag about how good a quarters and shit that they have. So... The only way any of these people are going to listen or care is to get in their pockets. And we've been told that by Games Workshop employees. Like, people that are on our side that work there have flat told us, hey, man, um, this is all good and all, and we, you know, we think, we think it's bullshit, too. We're not, we can't, we can't say that, obviously, because we work there, but it is what it is, and the only way, like, they're definitely not going to listen to emails and stuff. You're going to, the only thing that they might listen to is financial data. So, I mean, if you feel the same way and you're angry about it, the 
you just have to speak with your pocketbook, vote with your feet. Um, I mean, obviously, this is just my opinion. There's a lot of people that feel the same way. I just want to put it out there. And you're going to see some people I've seen say, well, if we don't support the game, the game will die, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I I have one... My biggest answer to that is, like uh, Ivan Drago said, if he dies, he dies. <laughs> and what I mean by that is they are price gouging. There's no two ways around it. They don't need to get this price that they've set out of the models to stay afloat. So if you boycott them because they're charging whatever, we're doing it because they're, they're price gouging. We're not doing it just because we think the price is too expensive or whatever. I mean, it is too expensive. What am I trying to say here? Like, there's a level that's reasonable for everyone where people can buy stuff and feel okay about buying it and getting decent value and they're still able to make money. And then there's the level that they've set prices, which are un totally vastly unreasonable. And we know this because in Britain, they have that tax, which is 20%. So if they, if Games Workshop throws something on the shelf for a hundred pounds and a UK customer buys it in the UK, they know they're only getting 80 pounds of that because the government's getting the other 20. So when they price something at 100 pounds, they know they're only getting 80. They're obviously happy with that margin, or they would have priced it higher. But they're selling it at that margin, and they're happy with it. The problem is they turn around and they sell to America at the full 100. And then instead of... But they don't have to turn the extra 20 into the government like they would if it was UK sale. Instead, they're putting it in their pocket. So they're essentially making an extra 20% already. Now, with this new price increase, they've artificially inflated their own exchange rate money-wise. So you're basically being charged like $1.55 instead of $1.25 um, per pound, like you should be. And then on top of that, you're paying that. So they're, basically, we figured it up. It's roughly a 40 to 45% um, extra than what a UK person is paying. And like I said, they've they've obviously set the price where if somebody buys it in the UK, they're still making money and they're happy with that profit margin. So for them just to charge someone an extra 45%, which is only here in Australia, it's like 80 or 90%. It doesn't make any sense. It just it's it's out and out just fucking greed and price gouging. They're using currency exchange and VAT tax and all this as a total fucking tool to fuck everybody over. So a boycott will only kill the game if they want it to kill the game. It's the fucking balls in their court. They're the ones that started this. They're the ones that artificially inflated the fucking price to an absurd level to make their margins beyond ridiculous because their margins are already good. I guarantee you they're already good. They're already happy with them in the UK paying, you know, turning the VAT into the government and only making 80% of what that sticker price is minus their cost and shit. So there's and and I expect a little bit of markup in the U.S. I would be fine with that, but 45 fucking percent. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. So if you're in the same boat and you feel the same way, just vote with your feet. That's all I'm saying. I mean, that that's really all there is to it. Yeah. And if you're uh, planning on taking part in the boycott, 
definitely let your uh, local game store know that you're taking part of it. That way they don't order a bunch of stuff Games Workshop-wise so they know better. Especially if they're not a Games Workshop. Or to spend your money on other games. Yeah. And then that way they can yeah, go back I mean, to their sales rep and say, no, nah, I got guys that are involved in the boycott. So. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just silly what they're doing, to be perfectly honest. I mean, I don't see how anyone can, like, can look at this and defend it. I've heard people try to defend it, and I'm like, look, it doesn't... It cannot make logical sense for me to be able to get on a plane and fly there to buy it in person and then fly back when we're talking about buying an, like an army. Like if you just want to play, if you had nothing and you just want to play the game and you want a, a army that's just a reasonable standard size, 2,000, 2,500 points, even though they play test the game or, well... They recommend, like, they're, they're, when they designed Heresy, it was designed for 3,000 to 3,500 points, according to them. So even knocking 1,000 points off that, to buy that size of an army, it's cheaper for me to fly to England privately on a jet, get on a train from the airport to Nottingham, buy it in person, get back on a train, go back to fucking Edinburgh, and fly back home than it is to order online. That They're obviously charging a, like an unreasonable amount of markup if it's cheaper for a private individual to do that because their shipping cost and whatever bullshit they're trying to put this over on that well we got this and this and this to pay for well it cannot cost more than private individuals flying there <laughs> and all that like if it if it did no one like other companies would just not ever be able to do business overseas if that was actually the case it's just a total fallacy. There's no argument for this. It's just the plain out and out price gouging and greed. That's all it is. So that's all I wanted to say. I wanted to throw this on the beginning of the episode. We do talk about it a little in the episode, and then after we talk about it on there, it's done and over with. We move on to the normal episode. Don't really bring it up. And going forward, I don't really want to bring it up anymore. It, I'm not saying it won't come up a little bit, but it's not something I want to dwell on. I want to just fucking put it behind me and be done with it and move on. That's how I feel about it. Well said. So. <laughs> Rock and roll? <laughs> That's it. So, on to your reg regular scheduled programming. This is Gav Thorpe, and you're listening to Radio Free Istvan. Heresy and Betrayal. These are the words being used to describe the treachery of the Warmaster Horus and his three brothers Materian, Fulgrim, and Angron against the innocent hive lord of Istvan III. Once a flourishing planet, now a wasteland, desolate and lifeless after the Emperor's favorite son unleashed the Imperium's greatest weapon. The deadly Life Eater Virus. However, all is not lost. Some valiant legionaries survived the onslaught thanks to some quick thinking and a timely warning. Hidden deep within a bunker, under the Coral City, these legionnaires broadcast the truth across the galaxy. Forever hunted, they have vowed to broadcast as long as possible and remain free. Radio Free Istvan. A world in ruins and brothers betrayed. The vengeful spirit has finally left the orbit of Istvan III. Countless brother Astartes lay cold in the ground, betrayed by their own gene fathers. Whatever has possessed the minds of these four sons of the Emperor, we may never know. However, reports abound of a ship under fire jumping into the warp away from the fleet may yet be a herald of light in these darkest of times. Stay tuned, brothers. Radio Free Istvan will continue to broadcast updates on the movements of the Trader Warmaster. And remember... 
the Emperor protects. This is an emergency broadcast from Radio Free Istvan. All Imperial forces stay away from Istvan 5. The fort flooding in of a massacre on the Black Sands. Horus has revealed his hand and gathered yet more traitorous Primarchs to his side. Ferris Manus is dead. Vulcan and Korax are missing. Stay safe, brothers, and stay away from the Istvan system. The Emperor protects. What's going on, Radio Free Istvan listeners, and welcome to episode 115 of the Radio Free Istvan podcast, a horse heresy 30k podcast. Uh, my name is Michael. I got my co-host Scott here. Going to say what's going on, Scott. Here you go, Larry. You see what happens? You see what happens, Larry? You see what happens? This is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass, Larry. <laughs> what up? <laughs> so, unfortunately, Ryan is not with us right now. He will be uh, with us soon. He was chopping wood, and as manly as that sounds, uh, he he just going to have to take a minute to, I guess, cool down and, and get a hold of himself and shower and... Just if y'all all want to take a second to imagine what Ryan looks like butt naked showering with his big old beard, we'll take a moment of silence. Okay, and we're done. Okay, so anyway, uh, and also Derek is working tonight. So, but we did want to get this episode out. Uh, I've kind of been dreading this episode because we all knew it was going to happen. We all saw it in the pipeline. Uh, but. As uh, Scott played there, it kind of lets you guys realize that something is a, is a muck and a foot. And I think that our listeners realize that, um, I guess, the, the pastures aren't so green anymore. You know? <laughs> you know, yeah. It's like, as Bill and Ted once said, everyone's favorite time-traveling adventurers, strange things are a foot at the Circle K, folks. So yeah, Scott is exactly right. Things are not going so well for whatever Circle K he was talking about in an old ass movie he was watching. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> uh, Powerful Ryan just showed up. Powerful Ryan's now in the what's chat. up, guys? And he already knows what's going down. He already knows about what we're talking about. Um, like I said, man, I've kind of been uh, dreading this announcement, but I feel like it's got to be made. It's kind of we're 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 not happy. Just nope. The the honeymoon phase is gone. Uh, we love the podcast. We love doing what we do. We love talking to each other. Uh, it just seems like here recently, so much has changed in the hobby, and so much has changed with the company nope. that nope. Reword <laughs> no, yourself. No, okay. So so nothing has changed in the hobby. Everything's the same in the hobby, but like so much has changed. Uh, here well. I don't know. For one, Games Workshop's not the hobby. Can we fucking stop that with that shit? Yeah, that drives Games me Workshop more crazy than anything. When people are always like, the hobby, the hobby. Get, it's, Games Workshop's just a fucking corporation, people. And uh, anything they make is just one of many miniature games that are out there. And the hobby is miniature wargaming, not Games Workshop miniature wargaming. So anyway, continue with what you're saying, but I have to correct that. It drives me nuts. So, Ryan's right. So... In this case, we, uh, we've we slowly... I mean, 
we had this discussion a while back that if Games Workshop, Forge, we always talk about their pricing. We always talk about how they screw you over on con pricing and th- different things like that. And we've always kind of made it a stance internally, but never publicly, that if they screw, <laughs> if they screw the consumer over a little bit more, it's strictly out of greed, and it's strictly going to be something that is just driven by their 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 profits and, and things like that. And unfortunately, that's just not something that I mean, it's just not worth it at this point to to stand behind a company. I mean, it seems like here recently, just because of all of the, I mean, everything down from the failing FAQ, from, from not getting the FAQ for such a long time, uh, from, you know, um, I guess just horrible, horrible, just customer treatment and stuff like that. It slowly pushed yeah. every one of us away. The little away. smug remarks and, you know, promising and s- explaining why it was taking so long and then putting out a subpar product, you know, that was that FAQ. Yeah, there's just there's just so much stuff that kind of just combined itself that we've slowly been seeing ourselves uh, basically barely holding on to the game itself. I mean, it really just... Horse Heresy doesn't have the love that I see some of the other podcasters showing to it right now. I think we've all we're all kind of working on our own games right now. I mean, we've all keep keeping each other motivated for the hobby on other games, and we just we don't have too much feedback to apply towards Heresy anymore. I mean, we're really, really just like I don't know, man, faded away. I mean, that's just the bottom line. We yeah, I mean, when, we, when we're not into it, we're not playing that many games, we're not working on things for Heresy, it's hard to do a podcast for it. Yeah. So, but so, I mean, this final Forge World pricing structure really, like, that was the nail in the coffin. I mean, that's something that we had, I mean, we basically said, like, hey, there's no way we could support a product like this if that is what uh, completely the trip, motivated. The trip to the GW booth at Gen Con uh, wasn't <laughs> That that was the hand holding the nail before it was driven. Maybe I don't know. What do you want to call that? Yeah, no, that was that was up there. It's it's been a rough it's been a rough year. <laughs> it's been a rough year. Uh, so either way, uh, we've decided that we're going to restructure the podcast. Uh, we're no longer going to be solely a Horace Heresy podcast. Uh, we are going to transition more to general gaming. Uh, and this is an announcement that we definitely have done a lot of thinking about. We've been doing a lot of talking about it. Uh, everybody's hearing about this for the first time. Of course, when Forge World released their pricing, everybody wanted our input on it. And by that point, we had already thrown our hands up. That's why you didn't hear anything from us about that. And it was just one of those things where we had already known our stance that you know something that we don't support uh, it's something that, you know, obviously, I think Ryan had said a, a few times already that they're not going to just dump some profit that they had had. They're not going to just cut themselves. We're not going to get a price break from it, but we really weren't expecting an increase. I think some of the uh, some of the more, I guess, negative comments were that they would show a price increase, but I didn't... I. I don't know. I was pretty optimistic about it. I was less pessimistic about the possibility of it coming, and it did come. So 
We've I all... just don't know what they're thinking, man. I mean, I ran these numbers not to get super deep into it, but I was working on a Raven Guard army, and um, I have the stuff I ordered. Legit Forge World right over there, if you want me to show it on camera. I got a fucking Fire Raptor, uh, two squads of Mordathan. That's what I was going to take to... Uh, I have Matt Kane here this weekend. I'm picking him up this weekend to teach his class here. I was going to do the Fire Raptor for my vehicle and the Mordathan for my infantry. So I had those ready to go. Um, I went ahead and priced out this army under the new pricing structure. And if I were to buy it off the website and then pay my local sales tax, which I have to, uh, for a 2,500-point army, it's $1,410. For a, for a pretty standard 2,500-point uh, army. Like, that's nothing crazy. There's no, like, Charybdises in there. There's no, uh, there's no Spartans in here. There's no <laughs> Super Heavies in here. This is just, like, basic stuff. Like, Assault Marines, Mordathan, a few an Anviluses, some Terminators, uh, a Primarch, a Flyer, like nothing crazy, and it's $1,410. And then I did the math. If I went there, went to Warhammer World in person and walked in, because if I buy it at Warhammer World, I buy it at UK pricing, which for some reason is just straight 20% less. That's before you take that off as well. So anyway, I'd be paying 20% less. Plus, I'd get my VAT back at the airport. Plus, I don't pay my local sales tax. So the price difference is... So if I went there and bought it, it'd only be uh, $852. So that's a price difference of $558.26. Just for ordering online, I pay $558.26 more to order online. Hey, you're getting a good deal, man. Okay. Don't you don't you travel your pretty little idiot? Right. So I mean, I, the first guys. thing I Coming did was went to Wow American Airlines. American warehouse. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Oh, so the I first bet. thing I did was went to Wow Airlines and check flight pricing, and I, I mean, I showed it in the chat. I showed all my math and I showed the images of here's the flight I would take. Whatever. I got a flight from Cincinnati to Edinburgh, a train from Edinburgh to Nottingham, then from Nottingham back to Edinburgh and then a flight back home and it's still cheaper to do that than it is to order online. I can do all of that inside of the savings and that's just for a $1,400 army. So basically if you're spending $1,400 or more and you live in the U.S., you might as well just fucking fly to Nottingham. You'll get a vacation out of it and you'll get you'll save a little bit of money. I, I just, I can't, that's ludicrous. That doesn't even make any sense that they think that that's fair pricing or reasonable at all in any way. I'll give you my, my two cents on how I'm looking at it. It mean you talked a little bit about this. I've never gotten too wrapped up in the business eth ethics of the whole thing because I never really gave a shit. Like, I, I have an iPhone, even though I know they have, like, really shitty labor laws for the people who make those <laughs> in China and things. But I'm still walking around with it. I don't give a fuck. The thing is, is when you take that perspective, also don't have any loyalty to you. So if you make a bad decision for me as a consumer, like they have, I'm going to go to your competitor, which is something I'm going to do from now on. Yeah, recast so, for sure. All the way. That's a... Uh, that's just the way it is, man. I don't know you shit. Clearly, they have never, ever, ever 
stepped out of their way for us when we've done everything we could to promote the hobby and the product. So, I don't have any customer loyalty to you, and I sure as fuck don't have a 40% price increase customer. I mean, that's just it. I don't take it personal, but it is what it is. You know, I'm going to make the best decision for me and my wallet and what I decide to do with my fucking, my expendable income. And it is, if it's not going to be investing it into your product while you're making it. Let me put it that way. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll still play Heresy. I mean, I still have yeah. seven armies and shit. Um Running I'm not an event like, in October, October six. I'm running an event, and I still love the heresy, and I love playing the games and reading the books and doing all that shit. But the one thing I won't do is invest in that company. I just won't do it. I, I don't have to. I do have alternatives. You can feel about that ethically, however you want. But I don't <laughs> really give a fuck. Like if yeah. you're gonna sit here and debate the ethics of miniature wargaming purchases with me, you sir are fucking living with your head so far up your fucking ass that lump in your throat, your goddamn nose. Like, yeah, I'm not. That does all, not matter also, to me at all. Also, the I can I guarantee like I know for a fact at least half the people that. Man, how'd I word this not to fucking piss anybody off or lose friends over something stupid? Let's just say some of the people de like sort of defending this and saying it's okay and it's not going to affect them, they buy recast anyway. Always yeah. bought fucking recast. Yeah. So just either don't say anything at all or whatever. That's what drives me fucking crazy. And people, it, it it's so funny to me that people always give shit to people like me or Maka for our quote-unquote salt and being salty all the time. I bought the real shit. These people <laughs> that would get mad about me insulting me being salty fucking bought recast all all the time. Like yeah. and and here's the thing. I, I'm not I don't wanna I wanna be clear and truthful with everybody here. So I'll give you the roller coaster that was my Forge World purchasing. I started originally buying hundred percent real. My salamanders are hundred percent real. Uh, my blood angels when they started out like before like were is 100% real and probably 3 quarters of my word bearers are real later on i found out about vat i found out about what they were how they were fucking us over on vat and con pricing at the adepticon that i met michael about the time we started doing this show and then they started now i, I can't say they our local government federal government whatever started charging sales tax on internet sales and the so i know that wasn't exactly forge world but the problem is forge world's charging me a vat which is a 20 percent tax and now when it when they send that price here i'm getting charged a eight percent tax on top of a 20 percent tax so i'm paying a tax on a tax so it's like hey, i heard you like taxes <laughs> yeah, and I can't even buy the product here. The reason I have to pay it is because they have a Games Workshop store in Indiana, even though that Games Workshop store doesn't carry Forge World. But it, so it's like when I I'm started paying tax on a tax, I got super bent out of shape about the VAT. And I was like, you know what? Fuck this. This is insanity. I already have bought all these other armies. I've given them probably well over ten, twelve thousand dollars $12,000 on these armies. Because my salamanders, I bought, because I started during Badab, I built the entire second company of salamanders. And for those of you who don't know about salamanders, 
they don't have a hundred man company. They have a hundred. They have larger companies. <laughs> they have a hundred. I think a hundred and thirty man companies plus. Well, I Ladanu had actually chosen the very expensive option. Yeah, and it was it's all real. And I bought. I have a fucking huge ass. I have three hundred real deal Forge World Deathcore Krieg. I have so much. I have fucking. I can't even tell you how much. I would venture to say I've spent at least $20,000 with them. At least. And I was just like, you know what, enough. Like, these guys are, like Scott said, they're just not out for your best interest, so I started buying fucking recast. I would still buy from them occasionally. I'd buy, like, decals books, and I'd still buy certain model kits. Um, But I bought a lot of recasts. Like, my fucking, uh, uh, what are they? The Black Shields. My Black Shields are all recast. An entire army. Um, then what happened was when they decided to not switch to 8th, because we all know the saga that that was, when they made the what I consider the right decision and stuck by their consumer for once in their fucking life and stuck with 7th, I went, you know what? They actually did me a solid for once since I've been buying shit from them. And I once again swore off recast and went back to buying real shit. And my Death Guard army is real. You can ask Scott. He's seen it. The The holes on all the Land Raiders are plastic and shit. Uh, I, I sent... I bought... When I bought uh, shit for uh, the... What was it? The, the Deep Striking Santa thing we did where we exchanged gifts. Like, I bought all real Forge World for that. I didn't send anybody any recast or nothing. Um, so I've been buying all real. So my Death Guard army is all real. Uh, so I, I don't know, but I just can't do it anymore. So it's back, back to fucking recasts, I guess, if I want to buy anything new. I'll probably just not, I got seven fucking armies I can hold tight. I don't really need anything else. I got plenty of backlog shit, hobbying, painting I can do. Plus I've been playing Dust. Me and Scott are like super mega beyond balls deep in Battletech right yeah, now. Oh my God, dude. I've, I've like held back so much hobby progress for that game because I was like, look, I don't want to send mixed signals because I do love the heresy. I love playing it. I especially love all the people who play it. Like, I'm incredibly blessed to have all these people who are my friends that live all over the fucking world and they're awesome and they come from awesome walks of life. But I can't... That... All that shit aside, I'm not going to support. And they're such a... Forge World, it's weird. It's fucked up to say, but they're such a small part of what we do. Such a fucking tiny little finite part of what we do. And what yep. makes up this this whole thing. Yep. So it's not even really that big of a deal to say, hey, fuck them. I'm going to buy their shit bootleg from somewhere else. It's a <laughs> yep. small part of it. And then I'm, fucking Tom... As far as like, I'm emotionally we, concerned. Me, I was laughing with... Uh with some people because Mortival Tom over there has literally just basically went, you know what? I don't like this FAQ. I don't like book seven. I don't like any of this. And he just went in and rewrote the fucking rules himself and everybody's playing it. And like everybody in his area is like, yeah, this is better. This is better than what the fucking actual company puts out. We're just going to play these rules. That's what they're doing. And he's wrote more rules and better rules this year than they have. And that's just a fucking fact. That's true. I mean, what what more do you need other than them producing new models? Like, I mean, if that's... I well, know. I mean, it's not like 
Comrade Keish uh, isn't making a fucking land speeder for us, and it's not like he didn't make walking night legs and all this. Stuff. Like, look at all the like even 3D modeling and shit that people are doing now. Fuck, somebody did that uh, Sakarin thing that I was wanting to do. Transport Sakarin. Somebody had that up on Eye of Horus. Built one. Son of a bitch. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I hate to tell them, but they're honestly not really fucking needed. All these people that are like, oh, you got to support them. You got to support them. Well, for one, you're already buying recasts, so don't tell me that. And two, no, you don't. Fuck, people still play Battlefleet Gothic. People still play Manowar. People still play all kinds of fucking shit they haven't supported in years. The thing is, I don't need a crowd of random people just jacking off in idolation to something for me to enjoy it. If I have a group of fucking 15 or 20 people who really like it and I actually enjoy being around them, I'm good, man. I'm all set. Yep. Okay. I'll do you one better, Scott. Me, you, and Chris Duncan are playing Battletech. That's more than enough for me. I don't care yeah. if anyone else ever plays with us. I really don't. Fucking, I'm set. I don't, I don't give a fuck about its international popularity or its business model. You know what I've never for once this whole time I've painted this giant fucking Battletech army? You know what I've never sat down and thought with or ever had to be concerned about? What the business model was of that company. Why? Because it shouldn't fucking matter. It should not be a concern of mine. It shouldn't. Yep. But it has to be constantly fucking constantly with Forge World. Is this even worth buying? Do I know if this is going to be in the next book? Are they going to fucking nuke this whole game? Are they going to fucking, am I going to buy this army and then they're going to release rules for it that are way overpowered and everyone's going to hate me if I play it? That kind of thing. I don't have to fucking worry about that anymore. And it's yep. nice. Yep. It's definitely nice. There's a lot of fucking drama that's the thing I want to really stress is people need to get out and try other fucking games. Like, so many people that are so, like, wrapped up in Games Workshop shit are so, I mean, you can call it brainwashed, you can call it whatever you want. Like, if they just went out and tried other games, maybe went to Gen Con and, like, talked to people at different booths. Like, go to the, go to the fucking Forge World booth and they're literally like a bunch of Disney animatrons. Neat, 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 neat. It's like... It's like living inside of a commercial, and then you go to other booths and you talk to people, and it's like they're real people, and they re like actually want you to purchase their game and like interact with you on a fucking one-on-one -on -one level. Like it's pretty fucking nice. There's true true gems out there, not only on the level of games, but like on the level of the people who have created and support those games. True gems out there. Yep. Yeah, and yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of things that we can't say that have went on behind the scenes that we've just said promised people we wouldn't talk about or we don't want to see someone get in trouble even though we don't like them like there's one individual that I know me and Michael are like we really like to fucking spout their name right now 100% um, Blast them. But, but it's not really worth getting someone fired or in trouble over a fucking game of plastic toys but and then there's another person, and I'm pretty sure that person knows who they're talking about, that is involved with Ford's World that I actually really, really like and really, really get along with. And, you know, that they're like the only person that's probably ever worked for Games Workshop that's ever interacted with me on a personal level that was positive. So it kind of sucks that I'm kind of doing them dirty by not fucking 
supporting the company that pays them, but I, I don't know what to do at this point. Like, I can't help it. It's just too fucked. I just can't do it anymore. And also, you know, they're just fucking everybody over. Like, they're fucking off, fucking over all the Australian people, New Zealand people. A lot of people want to actually give them money and want to support the hobby, but they just can't anymore. And there was a lot of guys like Jackie and Jeremy and Maka and people like that that, you know, just threw it out there. They, there was guys that had their models pulled down, you know, that Forge World had, like, uh, hosted on their webpage and stuff, and they sent them letters, and they just said, hey, take this down. I'm not supporting you anymore. And, uh, I mean, that takes takes balls to do. I mean, people can say what they want, but at least those people stood by their convictions, you know what I mean? And they didn't, like, go in half measures. They just fucking, you know, they were like, this is the decision we're doing. And I know for a fact that Jeremy is super against fucking recast in the past. And, um, you know, he always bought legit shit. He's been featured a lot in their painting stuff. Um, you know, and he, he got fucked over just the same as everybody else. I hear you, man. I guess, I mean, honestly, here's the thing. I go to work every day. I work 40 hours a week, 40 plus hours a week, all right? Um... When we originally did this and we originally started, I mean, just going back to us starting the Forgotten Legion, not even this podcast, uh, sitting together with, you know, Chris and Zach and Josh, pulling them all aside and, you know, powerful Jay and just saying like, hey, guys, let's go ahead. You know, we've been doing this hobby. It's completely stress free. I mean, it's something that I can come home from work from and I can just, you know, uh, paint these models, I can put stuff together, I can do what I want and then, you know, going with these guys, uh, you know hey, let's go and see if we can connect with other people and it exploded to something that I can't comprehend to this day, you know, the amount of people that we now know, all of you listeners that we touch right now, you can you know, th- we're making connections that we never made before and it was all effortless when we first started, it was something that was like I felt good about the hobby I felt good about where I was buying my stuff from. The drama was so minimal. And then everything just started stacking more and more. And then it just seemed like every month we were having to cover something or having to, you know, break down either an FAQ or a new unit or stuff like that. And it all comes down to this, like, why does this game have so much drama? And then you start realizing that it's just because the captain of the ship doesn't have his hands fully on the steering wheel. And you realize that there's just so many bad decisions being made after made, after made, after made. And it's just something that's like, man, like it, it's not being run correctly. And I really, at the end of the day, I don't need this kind of, you know, insecurity and just like, I mean, just, I, I don't need this kind of unstableness inside my hobby. You know, th- like I, we jump into this and we do this, primarily because we enjoy talking to each other and it seems like the actual game itself has become this like giant elephant in the room that we have to keep happy you know it's like this giant just burden that we have to maintain because like it's you you have this this game that's being run just wrong and you look at all these other games that are being that's being run fine you know we went to gen con we you know got to go play a number of these different games we got to see how other companies work in person and stuff like that and it was like that real like eye-opening moment where it was like man it's like i'm having so much fun right now and i don't have to think about you know it's like i don't have to think about forge world i don't have to think about games workshop i don't have to think about 
what they're doing right now or what decisions they're making behind my back or anything like that or you know like what are are they taking the new fucking 40k fluff you cannot goddamn stand and leveraging it into heresy to like like just infect their own ip on every level with some bullshit that half their customers hate like it's just ridiculous yeah i mean it's it's all i mean at this point it's just like we sat down and we talked to each other it's like how can we keep because i still enjoy miniature modeling i still enjoy this level of hobby ryan scott they're still my friends i mean you know good friends probably the best friends i've ever had I mean, that's just what's going to happen. It's like, it's not that we want to cut cold turkey and just cut everybody out of our lives because we've made such solid connections with everybody. You know, it's like, I think about all the people that we've met just in this hobby and at the core, you don't want to say like, I'm cutting off heresy. I don't want you guys in my life anymore. That's not how it's going to have to happen. That's not how it's going to happen. And I know that we've had people that have fallen off the heresy and that has happened too. that just, you know, we don't have contact with anymore. So we definitely wanted to do something for the podcast that was going to allow us to still, I guess, reach reach you guys. But, you know, I mean, just still do what we do. Still have our weekly meetings, you know, still have our talk. And I, I really think that it's only good, you know. We're not going to be as laser focused on a specific hobby it's going to be all over the place i mean we're still going to have working in the general we still want to do the same format of the show we still want to talk about our hobby progress it's just not all going to be heresy sometimes there'll be no heresy in it and then we're still going to do any emails voicemails whatever you guys want to do if you guys still write in questions about heresy and i feel like answering them i'll answer them <laughs> i'm not I'm, sense- ta- I'm not 100 percent of the time gonna fucking feel like answering them I'm just not anymore. Sorry. If the ones that I get to, I'll get to. Yeah. I mean, that's just going to be it, guys. It's not going to be a hobby. It's not going to be a heresy-related podcast anymore. That's just going to be the bottom line. It's not going to be a heresy-related podcast. I'll talk about it. Like you said, I mean, I still still play. I still enjoy playing. Yeah, I'm still going to play. I'm still fucking, you know, putting on an event in October. But, the, I mean, the caveat is... It's not going to have anything to do with that fucking company. Not that it ever really did. It never right. fucking really did. All the hard, meaningful shit never had a lot to do with them any fucking way. But, you know, I'm I'm also, you know, I enjoy hanging out with you guys, and I enjoy talking about things I'm passionate about. All right? And if you want me to fucking blow a bunch of smoke up your ass and try to convince you I'm super excited about Titanicus or something like that. I'll do it, but <laughs> you know, it's not going to be very fucking fun or funny. And, you know. And the other thing I want to stress, if you've made it this far is, you know, we're doing heresy camp here shortly. This couldn't be worse fucking timing to be honest. But that being said, like heresy camp's still gonna be fun. Like I'm not going to half ass it. Like I'm still bringing all my tables. I'm still fucking pumped. I'm still bringing all my armies. I'm taking Scott's armies. Scott's brother's coming, who I'm excited to see. I haven't seen John in fucking forever. I'm going to play games with everybody who wants to play games. Um, I mean, it's going to be a totally positive experience. Like like Scott said, it doesn't have to have anything to do with the actual company that, you know, quote-unquote makes the models, even though you can get the fucking models several other places. For they helped us money. 0% with this camp. So there's absolutely nothing that will be even there after- that there were allegedly potentially things said that are quite the fucking contrary to that. 
Yep. They helped zero. Yep. They have nothing to do with it. Absolutely is, zero. We need to change the name from Heresy Camp to RFI Camp because that's really what it is. <laughs> like, it's going to be RFI Camp. Like, it's... Well, but it's it's Heresy Camp because the primary focus is Heresy. Like, definitely, I mean, that's what people are coming to play. That's the theme of the fucking thing. So I don't have a problem with the name. But if we do another one, it will be RFI Camp. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's another thing, man. We need to figure out this whole Radio Freest van name. <laughs> we probably need a crowdsource for a new name. Yeah. Or we could uh, come up, with, like, just use RFI still, but just come up with it stands for something fucking different. Well, we got tons of listeners right now that are listening that are thinking right now what our new name should be. So submit it. Send us in what you think our new name should be. It's this podcast is going to be shifting. Oh, we're going to get a bunch of wine ass, whiny ass fucking whatever. I'm sure that's fine too. I don't care. It is I what trust it is. our, I trust our listener base. They have no, no, uh, I guess <laughs> they know who we are. I mean, that's just the bottom line. You know, we're not getting any new listeners this episode that are going to come in and like call us whiny babies or anything like that. If they would have stopped listening a long time ago, yeah, but. probably. I just think it's funny, like, all the people got on our Facebook, if you don't like it, quit buying models. Okay, done, bro. Done. Right. Done, bro. Cool. Your oh. move. Your move. Done. What now? What up now? If you like it, keep buying the models. <laughs> We're both yeah. happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, oh, There's a petition out there. If you guys want to get involved, I signed the petition. If I'm being totally honest, I think there's maybe a 1% chance of that working. <laughs> it does have like six or 7,000 signatures on it. I was impressed with the number of signatures. It's fucking... The other thing I do want to say is, there's a lot... like I said, there was a lot of people that are usually extremely pro Games Workshop that even they think this is a horrible fucking decision. And... I've heard through the grapevine that there are even Games Workshop employees that think this is a terrible decision. So, don't go, like, if you go to their booth or something, don't, like, fucking yell at them, flip them. Like, the people on the ground don't have, like, anybody that you're going to be able to talk to face-to-face, unless you live in Nottingham and see the fucking upper management people on a daily basis, if you just go to a convention here in the U.S. or wherever and see some you know, Games Workshop manager or whatever, you don't need to scream at them. They have nothing to do with this. So don't harass people or whatever online. Like, it's it's not their fault. And, you know, chances are they're probably against it too, to be honest with you. Yep, 100%. So the show will go on. We're still going to be doing what we do, except the only thing we won't be doing is... Uh, talking about heresy too much we'll still talk about heresy but not a whole lot the voicemails will still be there our hobby progress will still be there it'll just be replaced by whatever we're working on during the week i won't even probably hey i won't even say it won't even be heresy a whole lot it may i may go uh, seven months or whatever without playing very much and then something really inspires me and i switch my entire hobby back over to you know painting a bunch of shit for heresy i'm not book eight might drop and it might blow my mind Yep. I don't know. Not counting on it, but it might. <laughs> <laughs> so either way, I mean, that's that's the path we're gonna take. We're still gonna answer emails. Still gonna, I mean, 
Still going to answer. We're still going to play voicemails. We're still going to take stories. I think our podcast was slowly moving to the, like, 70-30, like, heresy-related to, like, not heresy-related. So I think this is finally just going to possibly push out that last 30% and just just be three dudes talking to each other who are happen to be really Well, here, here's a perfect example of that right now. What are you working on right now, Scott? Uh, Valtech. What are you working on, Michael? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, just put a tiger together with a Ludwig barrel and 148th scale tiger. I also have, I'm holding a, a Stug 3 in my hand, which is going to get a laser replacement instead of this barrel. And then I've got a Hano Mag and a Panther 4 that I'm going to be working on tonight. Now, yeah. now I feel like I didn't get to explain mine properly. I'm working on <laughs> the motherfucking only clan, bitch. Clan Hell's Horses, Alpha Kashik, the number one fucking... Um, so, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm putting together a foam package to order foam to house all my dust models that I have now because I discovered that Battle Foam has the... They don't sell pre-made trays for dust, really. They do, but they're just fucking infantry trays. Like, yeah. What the fuck? Like, any other trays work for infantry. I don't know why you have dust-specific infantry trays, but okay. But um, their vehicles is what I really need them for, and I found that on their custom tray creator, they actually have the dust shapes on there. So I'm going to put together a foam package tonight as a birthday gift to myself. And I'm also (laughs) working on my... Uh, the the real uh, best stuff in BattleTech, which is of course Inner Sphere. Don't listen to what Scott has to oh, say. Oh God. Uh, yeah. So I'm working on my uh, Mercs that are uh, contracted under the uh, Federated Suns. This is what I'm doing, and ordering dust foam. So yeah, not a lot of heresy going on there. But what's funny nope. is like before. We would talk about all this fun hobby, hobby progress amongst each other in, like, secret chat. <laughs> and then we just, like, don't talk about it on the show. And here we are. Now we'll be talking about it on the show. What nerdy shit yep. we've been doing. And a lot of it will apply to whatever the fuck you're doing, I'm sure. <laughs> because yep. I mean, if, if you're playing any game and we're talking about some cool company that makes, like, you know, alternate 3D model, like... For example, like me and Scott are into Battletech, a lot of the terrain, because me and him got real pretty hot and heavy into the Battletech terrain here recently. Yeah. If you guys are going to play Titanicus, a lot of the stuff we're talking about terrain-wise and a lot of the stuff we're buying for terrain will probably work for Titanicus. Yeah, I didn't even think fine. about that. I, would, I'll, I don't even know how to describe I've never gave that much of a fuck about terrain, like always painting my terrain, but not in super heavy detail. I have... The table I play Battletech on in this house is a fully functioning, self-sustaining, like, town. I have fucking <laughs> shopettes, houses, fucking landing pads, water towers, you fucking name it, man. And I painted, like, I painted all that shit in detail. Yep. Send me a picture looks of that. Great I'd like too. to see that. I've never seen... I will fucking set it up, sir. I want to build us some roads, Scott, when I build your uh, your little platform thing for your, your giant... Uh, vulture Bad that dog. you have. <laughs> That's a vulture, but... sir. But um, when I buy his, uh, or I, I just still need to get with my cabinet guys to get that wood that won't warp. I've tried calling them twice; and they didn't return my phone call. So, but 
once I get that, I have all the other materials to build it for you. Yeah. Looking forward to it. And then yeah, when I get crazy. those materials... That's a dude... I, I look forward to putting that up on the Facebook page because people are not going to believe that's something some guy made in his house. Like, I don't know what level of printer he has, but it that fucking model looks amazing. Well, and it's I like... Just, go ahead. I just shared this in the... Uh, Oh, by the way, explain you leaving all the chats because people were fucking worried about you. Oh, about no, that, brain that cancer is actually unrelated to all of this, believe it or not. <laughs> the only reason I did that is because I never respond to them. Ever. Like, I never, I don't even check them 90% of the time. If you do see I checked them, it was an accident. I fast <laughs> So I just, I don't contribute in any way. And if anyone ever wants to get a hold of me for something, PM me, please. I, I swear to God, it won't bother me not bother me at all but i just never i never ever used have and i was it's great to be added and be included in things but i just did felt like i was not using them so i got rid of so check this out scott look at our uh podcast chat this is a different guy this I, i've shown this to michael before and blew his mind i don't know if you've seen it so this guy does. He did a catapult and he did a rifleman, in a. And you can see how big it is by with his hand next to it. But you can see how detailed he did it. If you're not super familiar with BattleTech, the catapult is like a very quintessential model. Like if you've ever seen Mech Warrior video games, like back in the day for PlayStation or whatnot, that's like one of the main mechs featured in it. Uh, bipedal with two big ass missile launchers on its side. And, and a beak God head. damn, man. That dude paints his tits off. Yeah. <laughs> Christ. That's a big one, man. Does he sell them? Yes. Yeah, I would for sure get one of those, man. <laughs> he makes I all kinds. Like, My favorite. I feel like painting at that scale at... wouldn't be too difficult. No. Uh, like when... Michael, that... looked, Michael looked that guy up one time because I sent Michael this just for 3D modeling reasons just because it blew my fucking mind that somebody was just like, I just want to make this. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that guy yeah. just made that to make that. There's not a game for it. There's not whatever. He was just like, I'm just going to take this MechWare Online model and make, like, a fucking 28 millimeter model out of it. And then, like, not even stop there. What was crazy is because, like, he would 3D print some of the stuff up and then he would, like, acetone wash it or, like, acetone, like, vapor wash it so it would, like, soften everything up. And then he was like, got the masters made. And then he'd go and fucking mold them. And then his molds would mess up. And then he'd, like, you realize he took, like, two weeks perfecting this damn thing. And you're just like, is this dude, like, really going this, like, deep in there just for himself? Like, what is he doing right now? And, like, he just nonstop. But he was working on that big dropship last time. Weaponized I autism is powerful in this hobby, man. Telling you, yeah, he made that big egg drop ship. That's the last thing he was working on in his blog. But uh, the Union or an Overlord was it an egg or just a sphere? Is a sphere. That's a that's a Union. Look here, I got a I got the baby one. Oh yeah, we've seen it. I know that guy. Yours isn't two foot tall. Two foot tall. No, it's not. It's two inches tall. That's good. Okay. So how about this? I think it's funny that even though we've been playing Battletech, I've still been torturing Scott Warhammer. He can explain that one. What? 
my Warhammer that oh, you fucking yo, hate. What a fucking piece of shit that <laughs> thing is. So the very first game of Battletech I ever played, it was right after I'd had my fucking leg operated on, and I couldn't leave the house for about six weeks, except to like go to back and forth to the hospital and shit. So that really sucked. And uh, basically, I Ryan and Chris, our buddy, they knew I had been. It was all I really had to paint on for a little bit. So I got real big into BattleTech and listening to the fucking uh, the Critical Rocket guy, uh, the War Warrior yeah. dude on uh, yeah. YouTube, and got real into that. So they came down and played a game with me. And I had painted up my shit, but I didn't really know, like, the rules or anything up about the game. They were just going to kind of show me how to play. So they were running this demo game, and my favorite model is what we were, I was talking about earlier, the Mad Dog. The, Vulture. I have one of those 3D models that's fucking huge for this, and I'm, that's what I'm going to work on and put up on the page one of these days. But um, anyway, it was like first or second turn in the game, and... Things in Battletech, if you've ever played classic Battletech, are very, very hard to kill, like, typically. So you play with fewer models, obviously, than 30k. Like, I'm a clan player, and I play with about 10 units. And I really got to try to stretch to make it 10 units of an inner... When he says unit, he means, like, like a base. Like, that's... Like, it'd be like playing with 10 infantry guys in 30k yes. base. So, uh, we, were, we were playing this game, and these guys don't die super easy. Like, they have pretty complex rules. I, I wouldn't say the game itself is any more complex than 30K. 30K, you just have less rules with more shit. In this game, you have more shit with less rules. But they really do meet somewhere in the middle, you know, as far as complexity goes. So, we're playing this game, and he does, like, something very statistically improbable and fucking kills this mech that I love so much in one turn, and I've been pissed off about <laughs> it ever since. You know, like, he literally shoots my pilot in the face through the cockpit, and I was like, what in the fuck, man? <laughs> like, because it's super rare that could happen. So, this weekend, I've been waiting to get him back, and I finally got him. There was this fucking, I don't know, one of you didn't. Oh, my Warhammer, though. You haven't killed my Warhammer yet. It's days coming, but i got a good story. Even when Eric used it, you couldn't kill it. I fucking put a... Like, I have this tank that's called a, a Huey for short. It's got a crazy long name, but it basically shoots cruise missiles. And you have other things in Battletech that have things called tags, which kind of work like marker lights. Or for you military guys, a FLIR. You know, it's just something you fucking laser target with and that laser guided munition follows it and do that it makes this fucking missile very very accurate well i fucking tagged this thing with my with my tag on my little uh this little fuck ass stupid hover tank <laughs> and i shot this missile and i fucking direct hit this goddamn mech in the face and this group <laughs> missile just goes straight through the cockpit it. Yep. I was like, yeah, you did. <laughs> but Pretty no, fun. man, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a fucking awesome game, and I'm I'm super immersed in it now. I had always kind of known what Mech Warrior was through my like periphery, but never, never really that I've all deep into it. I love dude, one of my favorite things is how complex it is. Like I love how complex 
what the background is or and stuff because it's it's like exercising your mind right? you, know, you really are thinking about what you're doing and you have a lot of variables to consider and that's why i like working like i don't like playing check i like playing chess so it's uh, definitely something that's drawing me in on fucking your possible level well i got him because i just sent him he started asking me questions well, Scott, like everybody else, originally was like, those fucking models are ugly. I would never play that game. <laughs> and, I, and I always tried to explain to people, I'm like, look, the model, like, yes, if you just look at it on the surface, the models that you will just fucking find if you search Battletech models online are ugly. They're probably the old fucking Ralpartha ones that suck. That being said, <laughs> there are tons of people that have printed the MechWarrior Online models, and they're fucking awesome. They're just as good as any model else that's out there as far as detail-wise, and aesthetically, they're super fucking cool, in my opinion. So you just have to find the right models to play with, and a lot of people don't understand that because they can't get past that first initial whatever. So, But Scott was asking me a little bit about the lore on a right... Where were we when we were coming back from that event in Tennessee, right, when you were asking me questions? Yeah, yeah, uh, Music City Heresy. And I explained it a little bit, and then finally I was just like, look, man, there's this Lore Warrior guy. Just listen to this series on the fucking Star League. It's basically like the Horus Heresy of Battletech. It's like where it all kicks off, and it's why the universe is the way it is. And I sent him that, and I said, listen to this. And I think it was a while before you listened to it, but one day I just get a message. Or maybe you called me. I think you called me, actually, which is kind of rare for Scott. He typically doesn't call. And he calls me, and he's like, dude... I just finished this Star League thing, and my I have a giant throbbing nerd boner. I don't even know what to say right now. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I know, right? It's so good. So that's how I got him. And I've been in deep ever since. Deep, deep. Like, oh, man. My goal is I love this one clan. My, my clan is Clan Hell's Horses. And their thing is, like... <clears throat> I, I'm. It, this is too much to fucking explain here, but the clans are kind of like their own thing out in space, and they're super warlike and all about like martial honor and all this stuff. Kind of like well, the Klingons. Would you say Klingons are a good? Yeah, that fair, perfect, perfect comparison. <laughs> so this clan is all about combined arms. They don't just use mechs. They use mechs, tanks, infantry, everything. And I like a lot of variety, so that really appealed to me. And. I'm so, like, in love with this clan and their lore and their fluff and stuff. I've painted one, like, galaxy of it, which is the equivalent of, like, a... If you think of a Space Marine Legion, think of one chapter. And I'm... I mean, instead of going on to different fucking, like, clans or fucking inner sphere stuff, I'm just going to paint every galaxy of this clan until I have them all. <laughs> which is asinine, but hilarious. <laughs> Because they're, they're just the shit. I love fucking... Just so people realize, that's literally like painting for 40k, that's like painting an entire chapter of Space Marines. Like, I'm a, this is the first company, <laughs> and the second company, and the third company, and the yeah. fourth company. That's what Scott's doing. Yeah, there you go. So, that's that's, that's how I'm rolling about this, and I couldn't be happy. So... Oh. Are we... Okay. Whenever we move... Let, let me know when we transition into story time because I got a story. I Scott heard story it. Time. Scott, Scott heard it in the fucking car and I had him crying. Yeah. Oh, man. Go ahead. I'm game for story time. We got voicemails we got to listen to as well. So. Okay. Well, here's my story. 
Michael knows a little bit about this, about the pig. Somebody may, a few people may have seen this on Facebook about my wife posting about the pig that we rescued in the road. So what happened was we were driving just to get something to eat in town. And uh, both Scott and Michael have been here. So when you go down that hill uh, that my house is on and you start getting into town and those apartments are on the right-hand side, just past those apartments, there's a couple intersections right before you hit the main part of town. And my wife goes, oh, I'm not paying attention. I was fucking around looking at my phone, talking to the patron guys or whatever. And she goes, is that a pig? And I go, what? She goes, there's a pig in the road. And I look up, and sure enough, there's a fucking pig in traffic in Martinsville in the town just running around. So she goes, I don't want it to get hit. Go get it. So, of course, me not thinking, like just acting, just, you know, like was told my wife didn't yell like, that by your wife so you yeah just got so she's it. like just she's like go get it so i'm like oh okay you know throw open the action. door i don't even close the door on the car i just fucking jump out of the car and i run over to this pig and then i get there and i'm like oh fuck i just i realize what am i gonna do now i don't know anything about pigs i've never touched a pig i've never interacted <laughs> with a pig do these things bite are they up like Whatever. So I kind of just got down on my knees and was like, hey, and started talking to it. And this fucking thing (laughs) comes right over to me. So it literally, like a dog, comes right over to me, leans against me, and I'm scratching on it. I'm scratching on its, uh, like around its neck and shoulders, and it starts doing its little oinky pig thing. And, like, I definitely liked it. It was like, yeah, it was like a dog. So I'm scratching on this fucking thing. So then I'm looking around because it's like, it doesn't have a collar on. It's obviously a pet because it wouldn't be that friendly with people. And it was small. And I'm assuming it was a pot-bellied pig. I don't know anything about pigs, but looking at pictures online, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. So I'm like, well, what the fuck do I do now? Like, do I just pick this thing up? Like, what's going on? It doesn't have a collar. I can't, like, lead it anywhere. It doesn't have a leash. So while I'm thinking this over, this lady comes out of her house. And this is in the not-so-nice part of town, by the way. Like, there's an area of Martinsville that's definitely... uh, not very nice. So this lady comes out and she looks like a skeleton that someone has just sewn a bunch of catcher's mitts over. Like a fucking desiccated... Looks like a ghoul, if you yeah, were. Yeah, yeah, like a, like a desiccated fruit bat or something. That guy... Oh, I know exactly. The guy in Seven that's tied to the bed that wakes up. That. That's Imagine that, okay? So that comes walking at you, smoking like a camel unfiltered. And then talks to you in the smoking lady's voice, like, hey, that's Wilbur. That's Wilbur. He lives up the road. And I'm looking at this lady, and I'm like, his name, his name's Wilbur? And she's like, yeah. And um, she's like, I don't want to see him get hit. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want to see him get hit either. <laughs> and she goes, she goes, well, I'm going to get him. And I said, well, what do you mean get him? And she goes, I'm just going to pick him up. I can pick him up. I've done it before, but he don't like it. And I went, well, what does that mean? Don't like it. He's just, she's just like, well, he don't like it. So she, you're going to have to hold him while I get him. And I'm like, all right. So I don't know what this pig's going to do because she said he don't like it. Once again, I'm like, I'm thinking in my own head that I'm going to grab this fucking thing and it's going to turn and like bite my thumb off. And I'm going to lose my fucking thumb to a pig in the middle of the road in Martinsville, which would be like the dumbest way to get injured in the history of like ways to get injured. <laughs> That's so I'm fair, already kind of like fear to be honest yeah so i'm already kind of leery of what's going to happen when i grab this thing and it's it's like the size of my dog willow it's not real big but i quickly realized so anyway so she goes she goes i'm going to get it 
and I and she goes, go ahead and grab him. I start reaching for this thing, and I barely touch him, and this lady moves like a striking cobra. She fucking, like, comes after this thing with a vengeance. And I haven't, I've just barely touched it with my hands. And this thing jumps and goes, whee! You know, like that fucking pig sound? It jumped, like, literally all four feet come off the ground, and it fucking kicks out and goes, whee! And there was no, I was not holding on to it. Like, I tried to grab it. It was literally like trying to hang on to a muscle. And this fucking thing takes off running, and this lady, she puts it, look at, look at me, Michael, you gotta look at me. She puts a cigarette in her mouth like this, and you know when people have a cigarette in their mouth, and they stick their bottom lip out, and the fucking cigarette kind of goes up at an angle like yeah. this? She sprints after this pig, like a 28 days later zombie, and she's <laughs> running, like, no way she was running any slower than, like, a 440. Like, this lady moved, <laughs> like, I've never seen a human being move, like, it was scary. Like, my mind literally <laughs> rebelled at this skeleton of a person sprinting this fast after a pig in the middle of town with a fucking camel and filter in her mouth. And Did about that time, I realized the absurdity of everything that's going on as this pig's running, going, weed, 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 with this fucking lich chasing after it. <laughs> and I'm like, what in the fuck is going on right now? <laughs> like, like seriously. So I turn around and look at my wife and just hold my hands out like this. And she's dying laughing. She's literally in tears. And then about that time, here comes a fucking cop. Lights on. Pulls up behind my wife. And I'm like, oh, shit. Now the cops are here. So he, he's like yelling <laughs> Emily at me. might he's fight like, them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she got a record. I'm like, I'm like so... Uh, he goes. He's he's like, are you go, you all broke down or something? What's going on? And I said, and the ladies already run off. They've like went over the horizon, like in a cartoon. That's how fast they're. <laughs> and the cop is like, well, what was happening? And I'm like, well, there was a pig, of all things, in the road, and we didn't want it to get hit. And he just nonchalantly like turns like like rolls his eyes and goes, Pfft. he's like, that's Wilbur. He lives up the road. And that was it. <laughs> Story. I'm like, Jesus, man. Like the cop I'm gonna even need you knows. to sign this ticket. <laughs> I need you to go and sign this ticket now. So yeah, that totally blew my fucking mind. Like, well, I'm totally glad Wilbur's home safe. I'm assuming Maybe. he's home safe. Don't yeah, we don't know. Like we don't know what that lady did to him. To be honest with you, I don't yeah. know what that ghoulish lady did. <laughs> It was so funny, man. She moved so fast. I cannot... That was the best part, as I still... Like, my brain... Every time I think back to the situation, she moves faster in my memories. Yes. <laughs> no. I wake up at night thinking of that fucking... Whatever she was, moving even faster. Like, just, like, teleporting toward... She was fast. Really fast. Dude, it's so, so funny. Like, it's so funny that that cop was just like, Yeah, it's Wilbur. Whenever, uh, like, right after Harvey, which was a year ago, fucking crazy, right? Ugh. Harvey the Hurricane was exactly a year ago. But yeah. either way, uh, right at when we were checking on our beach house in Rockport, we were driving around, and there was a straight-up uh, peacock on the side of the road, right? And me and my dad were cruising along, and my mom's in the car with us. And I said, man, there's somebody's peacock. It's loose running around. And so, just like you, we get out of the car thinking that we're going to be, you know, a couple of Steve Irwins and just grab this fucking peacock and handle handle business, not realizing yep. that we know nothing about peacocks or how ornery yep. they are or 
you know, like you're what their defense mechanism is. Pretty much just a dinosaur, is. you know, you're <laughs> fucking with right there. <laughs> so we walk up to the peacock thinking that we're, I don't know, going to bear hug it or something. We're going to do something. And this is a full-grown like, male peacock. And it just, like, ruffles itself up like a big fat turkey. All of its feathers get big. And it starts, like, like swinging its, like, head at us. Like, it's, like, ready to peck. Like, get the back the fuck up, dude. I'm a peacock. And I was like, oh, shit. I was like, I, we didn't think this through, Dad. Like, what are we? <laughs> like, what, like what, really, what, what was the plan here? Like, and so, and so my dad, like, confident was like, oh, well, shit. Never mind. Like, he's like. Confident went from like 100 to zero immediately as soon as that peacock yeah. showed any signs of resistance. Because yeah. all I'm thinking is lose a fucking finger. And so we call the police department. And the police department's like, oh, yeah, that's Miss So-and-So's peacocks. They get out all the time. She'll get them. Don't worry. And it's just like, oh, y'all must get calls like this all the time. I now, like, police forces are just mainly like animal rodeos all day. They probably get. I'm thinking about how many animals get loose and how many people think the first people to call are the police for some reason. <laughs> like, it's, like to this day, I don't know why we called the cop. I know we called the non-emergency line, but I was like, why do we call the police for a fucking peacock? But whatever. Some sort of authority to handle that giant bird other than ourselves. Yeah. We're not in charge. It's like the hall monitor, just like glorified hall monitors or something. Uh. Sorry, Zach. Didn't mean it. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway. Oh, uh, I got hit up. Somebody was wanting to... There was a couple people wanting to know if we were going to do Titanicus at Heresy Camp. If you guys... If there's a specific thing you want to do, like, because that just came out, or if you guys want to play Necromunda, like, whatever you guys want to play, just go to that Facebook page and just post, hey, coming to Heresy Camp, bringing this game. Does anybody want to play or start an event? We're down for anything. So I think yeah. AJ from the Boys of the Golden Throne was the first to ask, and then just on coincidence, I got hit up by Jake Shear to ask the same thing, and I'm like, well, AJ has already been asking the same question, so get with him and start something. I'm sure other people come and have the game, and you guys can fucking do your thing. Beautiful. Beautiful. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. I think... Uh... I I know Zach and Josh both got a copy of of uh, Titanicus too, so I'm pretty sure there's going to be some sort of Titanicus roped off. I don't think anybody's bringing terrain, so that's something to think about. I'm sure there's plenty of terrain that y'all can use, but there's not going to be any. We're bringing our BattleTech terrain because me and Scott oh. are bringing. Because there was two people that wanted us to run BattleTech demos, so we'll have a. Now keep in mind, it's a little BattleTech is six mil scale, which is what. Uh, the original Titanicus slash Epic was, but they've made... What's the new Titanicus? It's like 8 mil? 8, eight, mil. eight mil, yeah. So the terrain that we have will be a little small, but not like super small. I mean, you can still use it. I mean, I don't know how the game plays, but you could probably get by with it. Yeah, I'll I have my, it would at least be functional, you know? I'll have my Battletech stuff there. You guys are more than welcome to use it for Titanicus. Blow. Beautiful. I'm super excited for this, dude. Like, I... Hey... I got to fucking shout out uh, Kentucky Campaign Day, October 6th. And uh, a fucking cool thing about this is me and my brother, really it's him. It's my brother John is hosting it at his house, actually. He has a fucking super nice house off of um, a really, really nice golf course. And he has a, a big-ass basement. He has uh, We have room for 20 players. 
So we're going to have fully equipped, nicely painted terrain and everything enough for, for 20, 20 players. So 10 tables. And if you show up, we're doing, um, like custom cut little laser, uh, from tagged events, Andrew Hollis, he did some objective markers and stuff and there'll be booze and good times will be had by all. So if you're able to come or you want to be there, I'll be there. My brother will be there. Some of the KY 30 K crew will be there. Um, just hop on the Facebook page, Kentucky 30 K and then let us know you're going to come. We'll create an event for it soon. You can just put in a request to join the group and we'll create a, like a little event page for it soon so we can get a good head count. But, um, should be a good time, man. I mean, we'll put our, our fucking heart and soul into it and write narrative missions and all that stuff. So a lot of fun in a nice place. That's badass, dude. That's exciting. Uh, we uh, we paired up with Tagged Events for Heresy Camp, so we got a lot of their stuff heading our way as well. Yeah. But that was like, man, their, their stuff comes out so sweet. The fact that y'all are doing it, like, that's how we did Stiff 1, South Texas and Flames 1. It was just, like, in Zach's house. And we had dog tags and everything for Stiff 1, too. And, like, we... Just made it this thing, and now look, we're hosting a camp. So what can I say? This <laughs> like, house is uh, this house is Chris Redman's old house. He was a quarterback for uh, the Baltimore Ravens, and the um, he's like in the Louisville Athletic Hall of Fame or something. Anyway, funny story about that: his old hot tub is out back, and my brother's always scared to get rid of it because he doesn't want to catch like nasty fucking football hooker aids from all the chicks Chris Redmond no doubt fucked in that hot tub but <laughs> it's like a petri dish really but I feel like you could dump some bleach in there and be clean maybe I no? hope so man you plan on getting some heresy hot tub action hot heresy no, hot that's tub? not happening man I don't think anyone's cracked the seal on that fucking bad boy in a while I, I think <laughs> Stay that way. <laughs> it's it's been stewing for a minute. Ugh, yeah. All right. We already getting some voicemails. Yep. Okay. Let's see what we got here. So we've already listened to that one. So first off, we got two from for Ryan's barn. Uh, the suggestions for what you should name your barn include Thunderdome, the Fuckboy Safe Zone, Fuck Mountain, which would make Ryan king shit, or the House uh, of Virginity. Fuck Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> Just Fuck Mountain. House of Virginity. Yeah, I like that one. And then uh, the last one is call it the motherfucking Black Garden. <laughs> so the Black Garden, because there will be a lot of cursing going on in there. There will uh, for sure be that. Okay. So we also have a story. This says this comes from Christian, powerful Christian. It says, Howdy folks. I figured it was time for another installment for the awesome show you give us. Once upon a time I tried my hand at a railroad work with a company that started up an operation in western Washington to unload crude oil by rail. Before the facility was ready to be used, small groups of guys were sent out to various locations across the nation to get some Hands-on experience with what we would be doing. Some went to Delaware, some went to Louisiana, and myself and three others were sent to Wyoming in the winter. Dude, I know Wyoming in the winter, and it sucks dick, dude. I got oh, so God. sick. We had to, like... Sounds so bad. 
break down <laughs> a, a building off a compressor. Weird. Oh, he was so fucking bad. We were in Casper, Wyoming, which is like as flat as you fucking get, like in this little baby town. And we had to take a building off of a compressor. And it was so fucking cold. And my boss was so fed up with it that he took a forklift and he just started attacking the building and yanking the building off of this compressor instead of having us disassemble it like normal. Oh, the guys who assembled that building were like 10 feet away from us, like ripping it off. <laughs> like, it was bad. But yeah, Casper Wyoming, don't ever go there. And don't ever rent that's, a uh, that's, white that's Ford mean. Explorer. <laughs> there's, there's people who live there that listen. They're like, oh, sad. Well, don't go there during the winter. I'm sure it's beautiful during the summer. During the winter, it's uh, it'll get you sick. Uh, anyway, he says, once there, we were paired off with different guys who would train us in manner of rail work. While we would not be doing exactly what they did, loading tons of soda ash in their case, the rail work in general is the same. I was paired up with a guy who must have been related to Bubbles from Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> same accent, same voice, same glasses. I shit you not. Uh, this particular facility had two major yards that had about 12 parallel tracks each and were about half a mile long. I had been there close to two weeks by now, and Bubbles and I got along great. He was very knowledgeable in his trade and an excellent instructor. Bubbles and I crushed our way through a few inches of fresh-fallen snow to the end of a end of this cut of cars to knock off the handbrakes, one on each side so we could inspect the cars as we walked and BSed. About far... Five car lengths into our walk back, Bubbles goes apeshit on the other side, and I scamper up to, oh, up and over the cross over the platform to see what's going on. He is doing his best to look everywhere at once, and the only thing I can understand him saying is, those weren't here before, those weren't here before. That's when I noticed the second set of footprints in the snow from a big fucking cat. Bubbles tells me they attack from behind, so we start our walk back to the engines in the dark. We were back-to-back and must have looked like a couple of Poes from Kung Fu Panda trying to look everywhere at once and jumping at every sound. Thanks again, gents. Keep up the awesome work. Man, so they were stalked by, like, some sort of big cat. That's, like, the last thing you want to see. Like, mountain lion tracks, tiger tracks. True story. Yeah, you don't want no part of that. <laughs> you you want no part of that big cat. You know, the other day there was something in our newspaper about like how the 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 panther reportings have been like picked up sightings again within like our local area. Like we have this place called Mission Valley that's like right down the road from Victoria and it's always like everybody knew there was like I guess like I don't know if it was black leopards or is a black leopard just a panther, right? Like a panther is just a black leopard, right? That's how that works. I can't remember. Or, or are they a jaguar? I think they're jaguar. Oh, jaguar. Right? Yeah, I don't think jaguar. there's a panther. Yeah, that's right. Either way, black panthers here in Victoria, right? I don't know how they got here. I don't know how they made it this far. Whatever. We've always known that they're in Mission Valley. They kill livestock, and like it's just like it's come up that they're like back around, and like I don't know how you could comfortably go outside knowing that there's a panther running around, like. In your general area. I don't know how you could have pets. Like, because if it wants you dead, you're dead. I guess they just don't have taste for humans. So, either way, if I saw big tracks, I'd be scared. Uh, anyway, next one comes from Zachary. Powerful Zach. He says, hey, guys, love the stuff y'all do. Uh, 
but you wrote me an Imperial Fist list a while back, and I never gave you a payment story because I'm a shit lord. Well, allow me to pay you back for that list with a story about shitting my pants. Zachary is not a shit lord. He's a good human being. I played his word bearers at Nova last year. I'm sad that I won't be at Nova this year to see him again because he was a cool dude and I enjoy playing with him. But anyway, go ahead. Well, this dude shits his pants. Back in fall of 2005, I was a young, dumb idiot of 17 who had just wrecked his car and had to have his mom drop him off at the local community college for the day. I woke up early to get ready for all of the presentation I was going to have to do for the day and got in the car so my mommy could take me to school. Annoyed that she has to drop her grown-ass son off at school, I got dropped off early at the wrong end of the parking lot on a chilly day an hour before classes started. So already a great start as I heft up my backpack and began walking to the building where my classes are. It was then, after she had driven away and I was on her on, was on her way to work and left me alone in the early morning emptiness that I shit myself. What? No build-up? Like, no... No, like... He didn't even, like... gonna throw that on? Out of nowhere? <laughs> like, you gotta tell us what you felt. Like, surely it wasn't like a step out of the car and, like, take a wrong step and, like, do a little trip and something comes out. Like, you just straight up... I thought that my upset stomach was from nervousness. (laughs) I thought my upset stomach was from nervousness since I had to give several solo presentations that day. But it turns out wasn't the case. This wasn't even a little squirt. It was an oops kind of pants shitting either. This was a this fart I was trying to squeeze out is not a fart and oh god what have I done kind of pants shitting. (laughs) Thinking quickly, I quickly squeezed my cheeks together as hard as possible and pushed my hands into my pockets so that I can hold my legs to keep my boxers as tight to my thighs as possible to keep the watery contents <laughs> now contained therein from running down my legs as I shuffled to the closest restroom. I got to the restroom with no further difficulties and address- assessed the damage. The boxers were a total loss, but my pants and socks and shoes were all good. I take 15 minutes to clean myself up from what I can could have been a total disaster, throw my boxes in the trash, and run out of that restroom as fast as possible that nobody would ever suspect I had just shat myself in the parking lot and threw my biohazard clothes in an open trash can. (laughs) This is where the normal pants shitting story would end, I guess, but this isn't just any pants shitting story, friends. I went through my day fairly normally, but as I was giving each of my presentations, I noticed that people in the class were looking at me kind of weird. Oh, my God. I was giving some pretty... I was giving some pretty weird presentations, so I thought it was a subject matter that was causing them to look at me weirdly. Then I started thinking, they know I shit myself. I thought it was weird that they would know, but as the day wore on, I convinced myself that somehow they knew I was dropped a load of my pants before class started. Thankfully, it turned out to be a quick day, and sooner than I realized, I was done for the day and went to campus bookstore to sell my books for pennies. On my way there, the hallways were pretty empty, thankfully. I finished my bookstore transaction without a lot of hassle. But I got some pretty weird looks from the girl behind the counter. Do I smell like shit? Why am I getting this look? There's no way she could have known about me shitting myself. I said to myself as I go wait for my ride home. On the way out, a line had formed to get into the bookstore. And I walked down the hall, long hallway to the door. I noticed everyone giving me weird looks as I walked by. By this point, I was used to it. Assumed I smelled like poop or there was poop somewhere about my person. And I threw open the door to the parking lot for the first time since my butthole had ruined my favorite pair of boxers. I immediately noticed that the temperature had dropped since I got dropped off. And I had noticeably dropped in my pants between my thighs through my wide open zipper and my clearly visible package. 
It was only then that after a full day of being in front of classrooms and hallways full of people that I noticed that MC Johnson and the Juice crew had been clearly visible all fucking day. Every presentation I gave, my classmates were staring at my junk. The bookstore girl looking straight at my trouser snake. Every stranger in the hallway got a peek at my peep. My friend was already waiting for me in the parking lot. And before I could get my zipper up, she yelled, Hey, your dick's hanging out. Put that fucker away before you get in my car. <laughs> I know this was a long and That's drawn a bad out day. story. But I hope you That's enjoyed it. It's a rough it. day, man. <laughs> Th- thanks for being one. awesome. Keep putting out great content, boys. Can't wait to hear about Heresy Camp. Man, dude. Man. That's rough, bro. That is real rough. Jesus. You dick out all day. All day. What a fuck terrible day. (laughs) No good, very bad day you had. What do you go home and eat after a day like that, though? What's the most, like, comforting thing you could... I would assume, like, pork tenderloin is, like, the only thing that could remedy a day like that. (laughs) I don't know. Sorry about your dick, bro. Okay. We got an actual voicemail. And one thing I wanted to add about the fluff uh, was that uh, Rebute was very much in planning for the future, not only in a tactical level, but what his people could do after the crusade was gone. This was before the heresy. But he was very much concerned about not only building up the legion, but also building up his men so that they could operate in a world where they were not needed. And very much planning ahead, like, you know, what can I teach them so that they're successful in life? Um, also, his, you know, one of his big things was if some if a loss taught his men a lesson, then it wasn't a loss in his eyes. But that's just some of the things that I've, I've pulled from reading some of the fluff from Wolfram Rings. Um, yeah, have a good one. Bye. Very good. Yeah, you're absolutely right. There's a. Uh he did want to train his ultramarines to be better people as well as well. And it even mentions in the book that they were going to go on. He wanted them to be able to go on and be like civil administrators, uh, politicians, you know, teachers basically have other functions other than soldiers because he envisioned a galaxy at some point in time where there wouldn't be a need for that many warriors. He was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Dead wrong. (laughs) Uh, I want to hang on just a second. Let me find the. I don't want to misquote him here. So, friend of the show, uh, Peter. For one, he called me a couple weeks back. I didn't talk about this on the show. Um, he he called me and told me stories because he was uh, afraid to put them on the show, which is fine. So me and him ended up talking on the phone for like well over probably easily an hour, maybe longer. We wouldn't talk longer, but I had to go to dinner with my wife. And it was fucking fun. So thanks for calling, Peter. I had a real good time chatting with you. He was the guy that we talked about last week during the Ultramarines episode that had written that real cool um, army list. Uh, and like 
like went overboard with the fluff with all the fucking like details on all the guys and all that. So he messaged us after our Ultramarine show and said, uh, listening to you guys murder the Ultramarine fluffs in the background and denigrate Gilliman. And, and it made my 5km run uh, in the creatine sun even harder. <laughs> I I said to be fair Michael warned everyone he said yeah there is a warning that something is going to happen and then there is witnessing the brutality (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and he was the one that sent us that amazing video of the fucking firemen or wherever they are fuck with that ladder while that guy falls to his death or whatever the fuck that man Scott me and Scott have literally watched on loop probably 50 times. It's become the new bear hit by a car video so for me, good. anyway. <laughs> In fact, I'm sending it to you again right now to watch. The fact that somebody posted up the bear hit by the car video in our Radio Freest Van closed like, Patreon group and was like, hey, you guys like bears, right? And then I'm like, you have no fucking clue what you just did. <laughs> like, tag Scott in it. <laughs> Oh. oh my god! <laughs> I'm gonna smoke the biggest ball. Oh my god! Get the shit out of the bear! There's so much comedic excellence in that video, man. Not to mention the bear simply defied physics with how he spins away. Like He looks like a turtle shell off of Mario Kart going flying <laughs> across the road. That's exactly what he looks like. It was so good. Okay, we got another voicemail here. So, Michael, I understand the confusion and concern on how to pronounce the the Primark for the Ultramarines Legion, and I didn't really know how to do it myself until I got turned on to the Age of Darkness podcast, and and, uh, JP, listening to JP and and his guests, uh, he actually has him on fairly regularly, so I've actually learned properly how to pronounce it. It's Ravute Gilambano. With heavy Italian accent. Talk to you later, guys. Oh, I can do that. Robot <laughs> Vicente. I knew it was coming. He's gonna be at heresy camp, and if he punches you right in the face, I'm just gonna laugh. I'm not even. I'll be like, yeah, he, you, you deserve that. Vicente. Robot Robot Oh, I got something I'll, cool to show you guys. Love saying. Remember, I sent you the picture of that fucking arl attacks my brother was converting up. Well, he yep. has this thing called a tentacle maker, and it makes like little pipes and shit out of green stuff. And yeah, from Green Stuff World. This thing that he did, I just sent you the pictures in the chat. That's my favorite arl attacks fucking conversion I've ever seen. Dude. It looks like a huge Ursarax. Which is kind of cool. Like, I kind of think that's the direction they'll go in anyway. Yeah, I like the tentacles. Not a fan of the plasma cannon, but everything else is badass. You used a big-ass turbine off of, um, what was that thing, the Voltrax? You know how it has those little fucking, like, you know, snow machine looker engine things? He used one of those for his little jump pack. Looks good. This is a giant turbine that I can only imagine <laughs> needs to be faced far away from him because it will cook anything <laughs> below it. 
I like the wires, man. I like those cabling. I like how he went like the extra step and did all those extra cables going into the plasma cannon like inside of its hand. Yeah. Jesus Christ, man. Looks good. I'm not yeah, that... good at fucking with green stuff at all, so that's <laughs> that's a tough thing to do. Yeah, that comes from Green Stuff World. It's like basically two little plastic things you roll together and it makes the makes the cabling. Nice. 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 Let's see what else we got here. Oh, this voicemail's just empty. <laughs> Twenty seconds of emptiness. Sad. <laughs> Okay, this one says consultation story. So, earlier this year, this dude calls me for a consultation. He, uh, he wanted to get castrated. Whoa. So strange men that he meets on the internet come over and fuck him in the ass. Um, what is, what? Yeah. I'm already lost. Pause this. Pause this. Pause this. Wait, what? 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 Okay. Did we start in the middle of a story? No. No, this is a consultation. He said he had somebody come up to him needing a consultation. What does castration have to do with anal sex? I don't know. We're not done with the story. Oh, God damn it. You can't. All right. All right. Start the story again. All right. I'll I'll stay silent. It's just like earlier whenever... The homeboy said he shit his pants and didn't give us a, a lead up to it. Maybe this is just the, maybe we get the zinger at the beginning. Let's find out. Hey, hey. I didn't end up counseling through that like he wanted because, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's kind of fucking weird. And he, uh, pretty sure he was drunk every time he called me for a consultation. Um... He also had cirrhosis of the liver, but he wasn't an alcoholic. But he drank a lot, so put those two together. Yeah. I don't know what any of that meant. Why did it sound like he was walking through the woods? (laughs) That's what I wanted to know. Because he probably was. I, I really don't know what I was expecting to listen to that. I don't know what I just heard. I don't know. I don't know. Any thoughts? Um, I think we should just move on. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's I'm it. Good. So we got plenty of time I'm to talk about. I'm all set on that story. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know all I need to about what just happened. Yeah, I'm not even curious. Not even, I'm, good. I got I'm over good. my initial curiosity. <laughs> I don't know. Well, that's it. That's all of our voicemails. That's all of our emails that we got in. Uh, I got one more, maybe. Hang on. Let's read okay. it. Okay. I, I haven't looked at it yet. I've been saving it. Hopefully, it's not something I had to do research on. If so, we'll do it next episode. It's from uh, a, This is from Ryan. A different Ryan than me, obviously. Ryan to Ryan is what my email says. It says, hey, guys. Big fan of your show. I messaged you a little while ago with a Word Bears Army list, and Ryan gave me some solid feedback. 
I'm just sending you an email today because I ran the first of an escalate, escalating slow globe this Saturday, and the result was fantastic. We had eight players total who turned up with fully painted heresy armies. Fuck yeah. And I couldn't contain my rock hard erection. I've attached pictures, hopefully not of your erection, for you guys to check out. <laughs> uh, in particular, we roped in two new players, and they're building up to full-size armies. Uh, a total of 14 players attempted the challenge of fully painted 715 points, but only eight were closers. If you could shout out my boys who finished, JP, Dom, Jimmy, Gary, who made our terrain, Shane, Liam, and Costa? Costa, K-O-S-T-A? Costa. That's got to be right. Costa, right? Costa. Costa. That's a cool fucking name. Costa. I bet he's like the cool dude. He'd be the one, like, that guy fucks out of the group, right? Yeah. If we're just going off names. Yeah. You know, anyway. you know, it's, uh, you know, unless he had a friend named, uh, uh, never mind. Good. Costa. Okay. There's a I whole really bit, there's a whole bit that involves Costa being a cool name. I'll send you the bit. Okay. Anyway, so he wanted me to shout those guys out. Shout out done. Good congratulations everybody for being closers. Uh everyone here listens to the cast and absolutely loves what you guys do. Uh from the bants, I'm guessing that's rants, to the lists, it's all solidly entertaining. Keep it up. Going forward, we will be increasing by 250 points per month. Uh, this format has been amazing for getting heresy hype again, uh, as joining in at the uh, 25 to 3K limit is very daunting. Yeah, you could say that after this week. And it was fantastic for learning the rules to a new legion. Uh, anyway, thought I'd attach some pictures to the show. Uh and show you that heresy is alive and strong in south of Sydney. And if anyone hears this and plays in the area, they should book stalk me and send me messages for games. Okay, well, he wants to be Facebook stalk, so I'll give out his last name. His name is Ryan Ritchie, R-I-T-C-H-I-E, and he says he's in Sydney area, area. So if you need to find him on Facebook, hit him up. He gave permission. Um, if you guys can't find him or whatever... Uh, I obviously have his email. Email me, and I'll email him and get you guys uh, in contact. Play matchmaker or whatever. I'll send this uh, to Michael so you can look at the pictures, too. I'm game. Um, yeah, Escalation Leagues are pretty cool. The only problem I've ever had with them in the past is a lot of people flame out and don't end up completing it. I mean, you have some people that do, but you'll start with a bunch of people, and then a lot of people drop out. So hopefully yours doesn't that doesn't happen to you, but everyone I've ever tried to run, that's kind of what happened. Yeah, you definitely got to stay on them. And, like, one of the big things that happened with our Escalation League that we had down here that was probably one of the most uh, healthy things for it was having hobby days where, like, you show up and, like, everybody gets together at the house and like paints at like whoo, one person's house, so every everybody can see the uh, like how far how far along you are. It's a lot of accountability that goes into that, but you know, I do like escalation escalation leagues for every game. Yep, you can do it. We used to we did it for forty k. We've done it for thirty k. Um, 
Yeah. <sighs> but anyway, I think Scott's got to get bouncing. Yep, gentlemen. Y'all have a nice evening. We'll fucking see you next week. Uh, yep. See you later. Ache. So I got my got my fucking painting class this weekend, Michael. You excited I for pick, it? Pick, Matt Kane. Fuck yeah. I pick, yep. I pick Matt up at the airport on Saturday. How many? Uh, I guess like what? You're, what are y'all painting? Like what's the what's the? Well. Before, when I took the class, you had to paint rhinos and four dudes, or five dudes and Mark Four, I believe, was what he put. This time he put it out on our little private Facebook thing for people who are going. You can kind of bring what you want. He gave examples of things that if you brought, like, you wouldn't be able to do all the techniques or whatever. So, um, I was planning on doing that Fire Raptor and those Mordathan. I don't know that I'm going to do that now. Because I'm definitely not going to... So, I asked him, I'm like, do you care if it's non-Games Workshop miniatures? And he said, no, I don't care. So, I I bought some cool uh, Dust Allied Walkers today, so I might do a Dust Allied Walker. Or, to be honest, I've never... I might do the Dust thing for my vehicle, and then for the infantry, just do some more Death Guard. Because even though I've already painted my Death Guard and took the tank class on death guard i never got to take the infantry class on death guard so i'm not super motivated to fucking paint heresy right now but i'd still do want to eventually finish all my armies so i might just use it as an opportunity to paint some death guard that i couldn't get motivated to do otherwise while also learning some cool new techniques for infantry what'd you uh what'd you pick up for dust wise pick up like a bulldog or something or uh I bought a bulldog, a sky. Well, the kit that can make the sky sweeper, the mobile HQ, like it's the old Dust Tactics one or whatever. Yeah. So I picked up the sky sweeper, whatever mobile HQ. What's the other one? That uh, makes? The long tom. And the long tom kit, and then I picked up the one that makes the bulldog. Is it the, or the demolisher? Six the de- the yeah the bulldog and the six shooter kit. And then I got the other kit that makes the uh, it's a, the demolisher and the fireball. Is that what they're called? Devastator and the fireball. Yeah, that one. And okay. then I got uh, for infantry. I bought the Action Jackson dude, and then the British paratrooper guys in the beanie oh. hats. Nice. I didn't even know they still had those around. That's pretty cool that you got a hold of some of those. Yeah, so. that's cool, man. Those are pretty much power armored guys, so they'll it'll translate yeah. real well, I'm sure. So I don't know if I'll paint those in the class. I I'll probably do one of the vehicles in the class, um, just to get my allied paint scheme down. Because like I told you, I bought all that pre-painted Axis stuff, but I do eventually want to paint my own Dust Army, not just like buy the premium, even though it's pretty fucking nice. I'm not gonna lie. Like I was looking yeah. at it today, and I'm like, like man. I did have to paint some of it. Like, I painted, like, basically repainted, like, 20 infantry, but only, like, parts of them, not, like, the whole guys, and I am going to rebase them. But, I mean, I probably still only have, like, maybe 20 hours in it, and I have, like, 400 points of dust shit, which is a shitload. That's, like, four armies worth. Yeah, no, you hit it real hard, man. And your stuff looks great. It matches the premium stuff pretty spot on, so... I mean, you're a great painter already, so 
just coming in and like, oh, I'll try and match this paint scheme that they have and nailing it on like the first try is pretty admirable, man. Like, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Ryan's got it. <laughs> now try this one. <laughs> so I want to go, like I told you before, I want to go through. The walkers already look great. The only thing that bothers me is the decals aren't blended well because they put them on after they do everything. Right. I want to blend them decals in a little more and then just put a tick more weathering. I don't want to go overboard. I just want to do a few uh, a few more rust streaks on them and maybe a little bit of extra grime in a few areas, and I think they'll look really fucking killer. Like, just take them that little bit next level. And I think they'll look a lot better putting them on, like, a more 3D base that's, like, got some, like, tufts and shit on them that look pretty cool. Enhanced premium models. Yeah. That's no, tight, man. I've been working on the the walkers myself, getting that ambush camo scheme up and running. So it's a good time. How fun is Chris to talk to about World War Two shit, by the way? It's bonkers, man. I've run into so many people. That's the thing about like you know, like switching over a different hobby. I've never really looked into like you see how like It's not a different I've, hobby. Stop sorry, it. different different uh different game different game <laughs> like talking with scott you man like you see how hard he falls into this new fluff and stuff like that for like BattleTech. like falls hard and yeah it's it's one of those things man like world war ii history is always there so like not only have i been like getting hardcore into dust i've been getting hardcore into war thunder too so it's like playing that game plus playing dust it's like man i got world war ii everywhere right now i've been listening to the dan carlin's uh uh ghost of the ostfront yeah Yeah, i just finished episode four before i started recording this and like that shit's bonkers (laughs) like so much atrocities (laughs) going on in the eastern front yeah like holy crap michael was like michael brought up something the other day when we were having like i i put michael on speakerphone when chris was here and me and chris were talking to him and you said something about World War II, about somebody doing something. And I'm like, yeah, well, uh, the Germans were no picnic either. They laid a bunch of fucking Soviet guys head to toe, what Tim and Michael like to call Velotaris style, in the middle of the Russian winter and just sprayed them with fire hoses and made them into, like, essentially railroad ties and then drove trucks over them to make a road. <laughs> and yep. he was like, what? And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, you need to listen. <laughs> yeah, man. It was bonkers. It, like, some of the stuff they were talking about, like, it, it just, it, it, you have to buy it. You can find it places, but, I mean, for $5, you can actually buy all five episodes. And well like, worth five it, it's well worth It's five hours worth of listening, and it's basically just, like, Dan Carlin telling you a story about atrocities during World War II. It's more than, it's more than five hours, because I think each episode's two or three hours, and there's five episodes. Each hour, each episode's, like, an hour and 45 minutes, so, yeah, you're right. It's, like, one, two, three, four, five, and probably yeah, it's probably like eight hours of listening. Well worth it though, worth every penny. Like it's it's definitely one of those things where you're like, people could do that to each other. That's insane. Like, so like when you think about like how hard your grandpa is, it's like yeah, that motherfucker's hard. Like, <laughs> <laughs> did you uh, get to the part where they were talking about uh, making the Soviets cross the river and they kept radioing back to base and they were yes, like, "There's dude. a river here that wasn't." Yeah, it's like, oh, it's like, yeah, we got to move the line five miles this way. And it's like everybody was so afraid to radio back and say there's a river here that they made them ford this, like, impassable river. And, like, (laughs) a whole company was, like, just swept up by the river. 
And then, like, the commander's like, oh, there's only five guys left. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, why is there only five guys left? It's like, oh, because you told us to cross this river. It's like, why didn't you get pontoons? We have plenty of pontoons. It's like, oh, well, you know, we didn't know. You know, we, we did what you said. And they're like, well, now you're in shit because you did this. It's like, well, you know, we, we followed your orders. It's like, oh, well, it's like, it doesn't matter anyway. <laughs> we got more cucumbers that can that can afford it. You're like, what the fuck? Like, just sent an entire company of guys to their death because nobody wanted to speak up that it was a bad idea to cross this river. <laughs> and, like, what's so crazy is they're talking about, like, some of these people, like, the, the, the part of their country they're coming from, like, don't even know like what a river is let alone how to swim like these guys just go die <laughs> oh my gosh it's so fucked up so but yeah definitely been listening to that and like if you listen to podcasts if you listen to us and you will absolutely love that podcast there's no doubt in my mind yep i don't know but trying to think if there's anything else we want to shout out we got the raffle tickets coming up for the warhound soon yeah, we got a what I would consider pro painted warhound coming up. Scott painted up a beautiful, beautiful warhound. Uh, that's going to be going for the uh, Toys for Tots charity. We're going to be doing the raffle at Heresy Camp itself. You don't have to be present to win. I believe it's going to be one ticket will get you one ticket will be five dollars. You can get five for twenty, and it's all proceeds will go to Toys for Tots, and you get this beautiful, beautiful like painted warhound. We can put up pictures of it and everything like that. Uh, yep, it's a Lucius pattern, I believe. It is a Lucius pattern Warhound. All uh, all, all the information will go up this week. Uh, Powerful Jamie's going to be running that. Uh, definitely, I mean, I think it, for the price, you can't really go wrong with it. Um, other than that, man, nothing else. To man, shout out. throw a 20 on it. It's for a good cause. Get you five tickets. And if I'm you win, you get a fucking bucks on it, guaranteed. Like, you, you should be like, <laughs> I want that Warhound. I know Scott wants that Warhound, too. Yeah, it looks pretty good. It's pretty cool. So, um, also the Nova the the Nova o- Open uh, charity, charity raffles yeah. are still going on too. So you can guys can buy tickets for that. That's that army that me, Scott, Jason, and Joel we did the world the uh, fuck the Iron Warriors army for that. And then uh, Mark Rayleigh and Damon Drescher, Brian Ballard. Going off my head here. Uh, Gray. God, Aunt Andrew Gray. What's his first name? Ryan Fuck, Bruce. I'm so sorry. No, this there's a guy from California. He's a British guy that translated to California. He's got a beard. I can see his face. I think it's Andrew Gray. I played him at Adepticon two years ago. Super nice dude. He helped paint it, and some other people helped paint. There's a World Eater army, and it looks fucking fantastic. It's next level. There's also some 40K stuff in there. There's War Machine stuff in there. Dark Age stuff in there, Flames of War stuff in there, X-Wing stuff. There's all kinds of game systems you can buy raffle tickets for. Go do it. It's also for a good cause. Next, next year, we should volunteer to do a Dust Army and just buy premium shit and mail it to them. <laughs> <laughs> Done. <laughs> Done. You're welcome. I'm so selfless. <laughs> but yeah, guys. So that's going to be it for this episode. Uh, if you can think of a name, preferably one that has RFI in it for the podcast, <laughs> that, that way we don't have to change our phone number and our email and shit like that. We definitely appreciate That'd that. That would be great. Uh, but we that's going to be hard. What, what's RFI? Really fucking 
ignorant. Ignorant for changing the podcast. For changing the podcast. <laughs> we went full eye force on you boys. <laughs> yeah. Remember when we made fun of them for changing their name? We look pretty like kind of look like dicks now, right? Not only did we what? change their name, we totally changed their format. What a uh, what episode did that happen for them? I don't know. I feel like it could have been like 115 that it happened. I just want them to know that we discussed just totally quitting doing this podcast, and then it clicked off in my head that then we would never pass them. So that like made our made my mind up like, nah, fuck that. We got to at least go past them before we quit. <laughs> now, Tim, I can already hear his bullshit right now. No, it's not heresy anymore. Blah, blah. I'm like, whatever, bro. Like you do some shit with Spencer where you talk about. You know, fucking D and D and tarot cards and fucking eating cats and whatever. That ain't thirty k either. I hate to fucking tell you. So, yeah, I, I'm counting it. Right? It's getting counted. I don't care what you have to fucking say about it. <laughs> Beautiful. So, anyway, guys, looking for that. Go ahead and send all your suggestions in to two o nine RFI thirty k zero. Call them in. Send that voicemail. That way we can hear all your crazy name ideas and stuff like that, uh, as well. We'll probably be getting new emails that don't have Warhammer 30k at the end, but we'll see about that. <laughs> I already own. We can RFI. leave it. I don't. I don't <laughs> give a fuck. Whatever. Yeah, weird, it don't bother me. It's Why is well, it weird? Because yeah, it's weird. It's, we can keep the emails, but like I think we need to. We're well, rebranding. Because people know that email. Well, you can get us new emails, like and just all lock it into the same place. Where if they yeah, want to send it to either email, it'll all forward. It'll all forward. No yeah. Problem. So if you want to use the old email, if if you were like just dead set on the Ryan at Warhammer30k.com, you fucking you you do you. I will not be mad at you. I'm not all like Michael. Go change my email. I don't care. I'm still gonna play 30k. We've already had this talk. I'm still playing 30k too. I'm just you know a lot less. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I can't even say that. I'm just not fucking. I can't support them anymore. I cannot do it. I'm just not going to do it. Fuck them. <laughs> All right, Q, guys. Cue the fucking... Cue <laughs> Rambo. Cue Rambo. <laughs> they drew first blood. They drew first blood. All right, guys. We're going to kick it to some music. Y'all have a good one. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>